Hello, and welcome to another episode of Ed Choice Chats. I'm Drew Cat, and I'm here today with authors Jason Bedrick, Ed Choice's Director of Policy, and Dr. Lindsay Burke, who is Director of the Center for Education Policy and Will Skillman Fellow in Education for the Heritage Foundation. And they're here to discuss their latest work, a report called Surveying Florida Scholarship Families, Experiences and Satisfaction with Florida's Tax Credit Scholarship Program. Thanks for joining us today, Jason and Lindsay. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks so much. Well, great. So let's start at the most logical place, which is where I always like to start. What inspired you to work on this piece? What did you set out to discover? Well, that's a great question. And the inspiration for this project, and it really is a pretty in-depth project, was the fact that we were able to look at the largest education choice program currently in operation in the country. And so that provided a really exciting opportunity to examine how families are experiencing the program, what they see as the, the benefits, any challenges that might exist for them, and to overall conduct what is now the largest ever survey of participants in a private school choice program. So there was just a really exciting opportunity there to leverage the, the number of families that are participating and to survey them to get some information that um, will help us as we think through how families are experiencing these options and what it means for policy makers in other states across the country. That's awesome. So how many families responded? And how satisfied are they with the largest tax credit scholarship or even educational choice program in the nation? Yeah, so as I said a second ago, this is the largest ever survey conducted. So we we had a good number of respondents. We distributed the survey to over 66,000 Florida parents uh, who have children participating in the program. And we had 14,000 complete responses that we then used to to conduct this analysis. So quite a few respondents for, for the survey. Yeah, and we actually found that they were highly satisfied, not only with the program, but also with the schools that they were able to choose using the tax credit scholarships. So when we asked them about how satisfied they were with the program, 92% expressed satisfaction, including 89% who said that they were completely satisfied. And then when we asked about their chosen schools, 89% expressed satisfaction with the school that their child uh, attends using the tax credit scholarship. Only 9% expressed dissatisfaction. So uh, I think it's important also to note that that these are incredibly disadvantaged students. They come from among the lowest income families in the state. The average family income is only $25,000. Most of them are below the poverty level The average is actually just slightly above the poverty level. And we have about 70% are either Hispanic or African-American. And we also, uh, there's uh, other research showing that before entering the program, the students whose families are opting them into the scholarship are performing at a lower level on the state test than their demographically similar peers. So a report from the Urban Institute called these students triply disadvantaged. And yet, once they are in this program, their parents are highly satisfied with the educational options that are available to them. Yeah, and and just to underscore what Jason said, that means that about nine out of 10 parents are satisfied with a school that their child's attending as a result of access to this choice option. So it's really just 
you know, response, um, responses from the families showing that they are just highly satisfied with the options that are now available to them, which is, I think, a really important outcome of the program. Yeah, I would definitely agree that that is a very important outcome. So I've heard some people say that within a school choice environment like Florida's, parents will have a hard time finding and choosing schools. So how difficult was it for the parents who responded to your survey to find a participating school? So nine out of 10 families said that it was easy, including 73% who said that it was very easy to find a school where they wanted to enroll their child using a taxpayer scholarship. Now, it's important here to, to note a caveat, which is that we are talking about families that actually succeeded in finding a school. So that obviously is going to, to skew things a little bit because we're not, we're not surveying all families who are looking for a school and we're surveying those that, that are participating in the scholarship program. But that being said, we are talking about more than 100,000 students who are participating in the program. It's the largest tax credit scholarship program in the country, not only in terms of actual size, but also per capita. Uh, you know, we're talking you know, close to 5% of, of the student population participating in the program. So this means, I think this is, this is actually very strong evidence that even for very low income families, it is not too difficult for low income families to find educational options that work for their child. Yeah, so let's talk about uh, some, of the, some of the reasons why families are choosing these schools. And having said that, we still want to leave our listeners plenty of reason to read your report. So not going to try to ask you to reveal everything you've outlined in it. But what are the qualities that Florida tax credit scholarship parents value when they're choosing a school? And just as important from my perspective, which qualities do they not care about as much? Yeah, that's a great question. So when we design this survey, we ask parents to list the top three factors that influence their decision to have their child attend the school that they ended up opting into. And only two factors ended up being selected by a majority of scholarship families. And so two factors really rose to the top of things that families prioritize when they're engaging in the school selection process. The first was a religious environment or instruction. That was about 66% of respondents. And the second was morals, character, and values instruction. So a sort of similar factor that rose to the top, and that was about 52% of respondents. So these are two highly influential factors um, that parents really value. And then when you look down the line a little bit, the next thing that, that came up that was highly influential with about 36% of families reporting was a safe environment. So parents are really looking for a school that uh, will ensure that their child is safe uh, when they're there throughout the day. And then academic rep reputation followed after that with about 34% of families and then small class sizes. So these are the, the types of things that families are really looking for when they're shopping around for schools. now that they have that ability to do so thanks to the tax credit scholarship. Now, to your other question that you asked a second ago, what's something that they don't seem to value as much? This was, I think, one of the most important findings that came out of this survey. The least important factor that parents listed was standardized test scores. So 
4%, just 4% of parents listed that as one of their top three factors. And that's a, a really important thing for policymakers to keep in mind when they're thinking about how to design education choice options, that some of the things that parents really prioritize, school safety, religious instruction, morals and character and values-based instruction, these are the intangibles that are so critically important to families, but tests can't always capture them very well. And so these findings, particularly, again, you know, I'll just harp on the fact that this is the largest ever survey. So the fact that we now know from this very large survey of participating families in the tax credit scholarship program, you know, what they prioritize are the sort of character and morals and values-based instruction more than some of these standardized test measures, I think is really important to keep front and center uh, in our minds, particularly as policymakers are thinking about how to design education choice options. Exactly, and, and to that point, I think sometimes policymakers, we're in this little bubble, and you know, there's the, there's the old story about the, the drunk who's looking for his keys under the lamp, the street lamp, because that's where the light is, even though that's not where his keys are. And we policymakers, I think, sometimes fall into that trap. You know, education has all of these different intangibles. It's very, very difficult sometimes to say objectively that this or that school is, is performing better. One objective measure that we have are test scores. And so I think sometimes there's this tendency to rely far too much on the test scores uh, and again, it's not test scores of even all subjects. It's test scores of uh, usually just math and English language instruction. Parents are taking a much more holistic approach uh, where test scores are only one of a wide variety of things that they are looking for. And so I think we as policymakers need to have more humility. Uh, we need to trust families more and we need to see our role differently and, and the role of tests differently, that the tests, test scores should be used to inform parents' choices rather uh, than using test scores to decide whether or not parents should be allowed to choose in the first place. Yeah, indeed. You know, it's fascinating because I, I also heard that story of the person searching for their keys or the analogy, but I heard it as a sociologist, only, only looking at the things that they can measure, if you will as to where the light is shining. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, so a lot of folks might say that even if a school choice program allows a parent to choose a school that they deem to be a better fit for their child, transportation is way too big of a barrier for them to actually attend the school. How are the students of the scholarship families who responded to your survey getting to school? Right. So we included a question uh, in our survey about transportation, and we found that within the, the program um, users that about 80% reported that a family member would drive them, their child, to, to school on most days. So the vast majority are getting there by car. Um, a majority of parents, though, about 57%, said that they spend uh, 15 minutes or less commuting. So that, that was good news, that they're not spending a ton of time commuting to school. And this is a question that, that does come up quite frequently when we um, go to different states and think about how to, to have um, school choice options in place that really enable families to, to achieve everything that they want to achieve, including for some families, uh, they prioritize proximity to the school in which their, their children will enroll. 
For other families, though, they might prioritize a school that's a little further away. And this is, I think, an area where when we think about school choice design, we can get a little creative. When you look at things like education savings accounts that enable a family to use their funds for multiple services, in some instances, that could include transportation costs as well. So the Florida option is a tax credit scholarship program and it is really just serving families in a phenomenal way that is meeting all of their needs. But there are other options out there that might provide a little bit of a roadmap for where you could infuse even more flexibility uh, with spending into, into Florida's options. So things like transportation are something that, that come to mind. Yeah, and when it, so- it sounds to me as if when it comes to transporting the students to the schools, it's that family matters. So is there anything that I haven't asked or that we haven't covered that you think our listeners should know about surveying Florida scholarship families? Yes, actually, I think it's there's one thing that's very important in terms of the context of the program. And, and there's an argument that's being made that, oh, well, this this program is it's really only helping students who they were anyway going to be going to a private school. And so you're, you're just subsidizing uh, families that were already going to be making this decision. You're not actually providing new opportunities. Uh, and what we found is actually quite the opposite. So seven out of 10 uh, respondents said that if the program did not exist, their child would be enrolled in some type of a public school, whether a district school, a charter school, or a magnet school. And then 20% said that their child would be enrolled in, in some sort of uh, private school. And, and 9% said that they would homeschool. So what we're finding here is that actually a, a very large number, again, seven out of 10 would be enrolled in, in some sort of a public school. So a very large number of these families only have access to the school that they are enrolled in because of the scholarship. And in terms of the students that are participating in the program, slightly more than half of them were actually enrolled in another school before the one that they currently attend. Of those three out of five were enrolled in some sort of a public school. So I think the proof is in the pudding here that this is a program that really is expanding educational options uh, for students from some of the lowest income families in Florida. And I I would just add one uh, additional piece of information that we didn't discuss is the way in which families are engaging with the new schools in which their children are, are enrolled. And so we ask families about the extent to which they participated in various activities prior to entering the tax credit scholarship program. And we found that there were considerable increases in things like communicating with their teachers when they switched over to their new private school, participating in school activities and volunteering and doing community service, even reading to their child, parents reported that they did more of uh, after they switched into their choice environment. So those were some other really important factors um, that uh, really stood out in the report. Well, that's amazing. It's uh, engagement and involvement. Well, I think that does it. So thank you so much for joining us, Jason and Lindsay. Thank you for having us. Our pleasure. Anytime. Props also go out to our listeners for taking the time to learn a little bit more about this study. And for those of you interested in parent studies and surveys, here's a little teaser for you. I'm co-authoring another parent survey report that we'll be releasing next year. This one, a cross-sector look at Arizona families. And it will be very interesting to see how results from that survey 
compared to what Jason and Lindsay found and described to us in Florida, and what Evan Ryansmith and I previously found in Indiana. So to stay updated on the latest school choice research, legislative news, and more, please remember to subscribe to our EdChoice Chats podcast. Our team is always creating new school choice resources. If you want to be notified when those become available, you can sign up to receive our emails on the web at edchoice.org. If social media is more your thing, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at EdChoice. Well, that's it for our shameless self-promotion. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, take care. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.